0: In the marketing communications landscape, commercial sponsorships are often viewed as somewhere between invaluable marketing tools and a chairman's whim. Fortunately, this is beginning to change, with sponsorships maturing from mere bit players to playing genuine and major roles in delivering commercial returns and benefits. But how do we know when it's done correctly and efficiently? Salesandmedia.com decided to ask some experts and try and find out what really makes sponsorships commercial. Today, I'm talking to Umberto Mecchi, who is not just an expert in sponsorship, but one of its greatest proponents, especially from a client point of view. Now, Umberto, thanks for joining us. Thank you, thanks for having me. Now, clearly, with a name like Umberto Mecchi, you gather there's an Italian background, so I can not imagine that Euro 21 was an exciting time for you. It was a very
1: exciting time. Yeah, look, ever since I was a child, obviously born in Italy, coming to Australia. Uh, very avid supporters of the round ball game. Uh, played it, not at, at a very high level myself, but enjoyed the game. But always watched Italy with a lot of fondness, and it was great to see them win the Euro yesterday. In, 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 you know, uh, penalty shootouts are never the best sort of circumstances to win a tournament, but I think on on balance they probably deserve to win. But it was great to see them. Now you watched as an, an Italian
0: fan, mm. but did you have your sponsorship hat on? Because I actually had to look up today who the sponsors were. For Euro 21.
1: Well, the one that stuck out to me, obviously, with the Cristiano Ronaldo debacle was Coca-Cola Colin Heineken. Yeah. So I think he sort of amplified their exposure a little bit. But the one that struck me, which I thought was a little bit interesting, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was VW who uh, sent the ball out in a, mini, in a mini car to start the major games. And that, and that stuck out to me as, a, as an interesting... Is an interesting sort of asset. The,
0: the six that are listed as the major sponsors. You can imagine how much that sponsor would have cost. Oh. Were, you got two, Coca Cola and Heineken, Qatar Airways. I didn't see anywhere, TikTok, hardly noticed, <laughs> Vivo, no idea where yeah, they were, yeah. and Menu Log.
1: And Menu Log. Okay, there you have it.
0: So we talk about the value of sponsorship, yeah, and and uh, we're going to get to that at the moment because obviously that's an area. But I just wonder whether, as a person who would have taken particular interest in the match, whether you saw that. How would you see? So right now, you're looking at that. Let's say you're Menu Log, mm. and now we're okay. It's a it's a it's a field of two, so it's not exactly earth shadowing research. But if you're Mr. Menu Log now, how would you have evaluated that that the money you'd cost in Euro Twenty One?
1: Well, it's it's a good question, and and the way to answer that, I think. and this speaks for all sponsorships is when they entered into that agreement what were they trying to solve for what marketing problem were they trying to solve for and i think this is goes to the fundamentals of why you do sponsorship now sponsorship is you know obviously a craft in itself in terms of its you know strategic from a strategic marketing perspective but quite often um when I when I see sponsorships being done, or where I where I do with clients, um, the first question I ask is, why do you want to do it? What marketing problem are you trying to solve? So for Menu Log, if it was awareness. You know, if that's what they wanted to do and 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 um, increase awareness globally in, in certain markets, I'm not sure. I'm just sort of but based
0: on our, our global research of two, yeah, if awareness is one of their considerations, well, maybe
1: maybe they didn't meet that, right? But I'd, that's what I'd be tracking, and I'd be measuring the value of that or the performance of that sponsorship on on, on a particular measure. That could be one measure. Maybe they had activations through apps or you know, disc. I don't know. But but what I'm saying is, what. A good sponsor like that, especially when you're investing that kind of coin, you'd want to know why you're doing it, what what benchmarks and KPIs you're setting around that, and making sure that at the end of that, you're going to be able to sort of give it a pass or fail rate on that basis.
0: You'd imagine, though, I'd imagine, I'd welcome your thoughts on it, that every sponsorship must have some sort of awareness component to it.
1: Oh, I think by default it would have, yeah. of course. It might be a
0: smaller market, of course, but it might be. And when I looked at those things, I thought I'm going to ask Roberto because I know he would have been cheering home if he five <laughs> a.m. Probably stand on a table in Ligon Street somewhere and let off a flare, no doubt. But <laughs> no. so your background is is uh, comes largely out of communications and also into finance.
1: Yeah. So my my background, um, Paul was, uh, you know. I call myself a marketer first. So I've got a marketing degree at RMIT, okay. um, and th- my my career journey was I started as a marketing officer in retail marketing for the ANZ Bank, and you know my approach to marketing hasn't just been sponsorships. It's been you know the whole you know let's call it the old four Ps. You know I've worked in product, I've worked in segmentation, I've worked on brand management, and my career's taken me through financial services, predominantly on the client side, but also I've also worked on. The agency side as well, yeah, with, with Shannon's With the, the Shannon, Shannon company, yeah, yep. yep. the Shannon Group, and also worked for a small direct marketing agency back in the day called Trademark DM, um, and I also worked on financial services clients. But I've had, I've seen both sides of it. But one of my key career highlights was being the chief marketing officer at Host Plus, and that's where i probably. You know, saw the value of sponsorship because it was relevant for the marketing problems we were trying to solve for that fund. Now, I want to talk about host plus; it's an important mm. part of what we're here
0: discuss. I see that your last role, if I'm correct, was group executive for strategy, marketing, and growth. Yeah, that's an unusual combination.
1: Um, it wasn't really. I guess my role. Well, I I didn't see it as strange. In fact, I, I was quite. I was quite endeared by the fact that the CEO and the board saw those three disciplines come together because I think sometimes what, what I've experienced or see is the dislocation of strategy and marketing and I think marketing is a very strategic uh, capability for any organisation in building brands so having it together was, was really good. Um, and I also worked in corporate strategy back when I was working in the days of AXA and National Mutual. Yeah. So, having that lens and then applying a marketing alignment lens to it, I think was really valuable. And then ultimately, when you look at the pointy end of you know, the, the marketing and sales process, the pointy end is growth, right? I mean, particularly in superannuation, you know, building scale is important for the benefit of members because if you build scale that means you, know, you deliver lower cost to members and that's good for their financial well-being and returns and finding those points of alignment uh, was was really important and Now that, you join, you, when you
0: join Host Plus one of the things that sticks out of course for me is, is your sponsorship of Melbourne Storm but in sponsorship in general, so what you walked into an environment, superannuation, let's face it, it's not the sexiest thing. I think in, the, in, the, in a couple of interviews you've given, you talked about trying to appeal to young guys who don't think retirement's 30 or 40 years away. How do you get them motivated and sexy about it? I mean, tell me what the environment was like. Did they have any sponsorships before you arrived? or
1: No, well, they didn't. They didn't, and, and I'll set some context for probably why Melbourne Storm was really important and, and really valuable to Host Plus. So there's a couple, just, just to set, I guess, the background, superannuation, um, what we found in our research, and, and again, I'd like to emphasize that, you know, I'm an evidence-based marketer, and I always rely on the evidence. So, you know, when I was there at Host Plus, you know, we we looked at, we did a lot of research to understand what was driving preferences for superannuation brands. Yep. And one of the things we found is that, we, we we serve the hospitality and tourism industry, a very transient workforce, and every time they change jobs, that was an opportunity where they're likely to leave you. Because the the industry was so transient, you could never predict when any, in any day, in any day of the week, when a member was going to leave. So. That, that was. Is, it, is, this, is
0: this prior to when you could carry it across from one of the yeah, other? Yeah, yeah, okay. This was prior. So to you that. left, and that was it. You, they closed it down, and when they went to job B, they had job yeah, B superannuation fund. Yeah, someone handed another okay. form
1: and said, "We were this fund, etc., okay. etc." So okay. we, you know, we, we were a good performing fund, so you know we felt it was in the member's best interest to stay with House Plus, it so will help them in the long term. But but job job change was um, a trigger for defection. Right, that was that was one problem we needed to solve. So that meant that. And then when you looked at our brand awareness, you know our unprompted brand awareness wasn't very high. So we we had an awareness problem. We had the top of the funnel problem because when someone was faced with that decision, and we are you know and they were approached by um, other super funds, you know we wanted them to unpromptly think, okay, Host hostplus is my fund. But that wasn't happening. So we had an awareness issue there. The other part was growth, right? I mean, as I said earlier, scale is important in the world sure. of superannuation. And our growth potential, we we had growth opportunities, uh, where where we had less share was in the Queensland market, where there were some state-based super funds, um, and also in the New South Wales club market. So we had, again, a lack of brand awareness along the eastern seaboard. We were strong in Melbourne, we were strong in South Australia, WA, Tassie, but we, we had brand awareness problems. So we thought, how do we solve for brand awareness? So you've got a couple of options, right? You've got... Radio, you've got mainstream stuff, right? You've got TV, radio, yep. all free press, radio. Yeah. all that stuff, yep. and you know you cost that out, and that can be pretty expensive. When the task is to try to stay top of mind through job changes throughout the whole, you know, twelve months of the year. So, whereas you know buying mainstream or traditional media only kept you, you know, in focus or on air for a couple of months because that's all you could basically afford with the budget I had at the time. So we thought, what other ways could we, you know, what other tools were available to increase awareness? And we looked at sponsorship. And why Melbourne Storm was quite attractive was eight, it had good assets. They had research showing the value of those assets, like the awareness it was reaching, the regions it was reaching. Then we did some audience alignments, and what we liked about Melbourne, it was less about the fact that they were from Melbourne. Like I didn't even I didn't know Billy Slater from a Cam Smith. I'll be honest with you yeah, at the time. Yeah. I knew nothing about rugby. Oh, in fact, I called it rugby, and people said it's a league union, and I stumped myself up at the board presentation, <laughs> right? But, but, but I guess showing. That what that demonstrated was we were solely focused on the. As outcomes. you can tell we're in a cafe outside, so <laughs> these are not sound
0: effects I've <laughs> added in some sort of professional capacity. I must add. So no, but
1: I guess so just to backtrack, I mean, whilst I might have not known much about the football code, we did look at it, you know, forensically. And what we looked at, we looked at elements of brand alignment, yeah. audience alignment. Like, would it reach our audience? And you know, we were focused on the hospital, choosing and select. You know, eight, to eight are more of a general. It was very blokey though. Well, 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 the NRL data showed that you know females were equally watching the footy show and they were equally going yep. to games and okay. they were equally having memberships, and particularly in Melbourne. It was attractive because Melbourne had representatives of players that were appealing to uh, people in New South Wales, appealing to people in Queensland, they were representatives of state of origin. So we had an asset here that we could, and a platform, to catapult our brand association with this sport in regions that liked it. The other interesting thing, in terms of audience alignment, we felt, you know, the demographics we were seeking, the members were trying to retain them, and what was a really interesting thing and a byproduct, whether it was science or luck, was that every single Melbourne Storm home game was being beamed through Foxtel or free-to-air in pubs and clubs across the whole eastern seaboard. And in those pubs and clubs were our members. So it had this brand retention element. So. In essence, what it enabled us to do for well, the cost I would have had to otherwise attract through mainstream media for that kind of level of brand awareness, I had a platform that was cost effective, that got me the exposure in key markets for growth and retention, um, with a pretty good solid asset, pretty reputable club, high sure. performance club, sure. um, and, and it gave us the relevant exposure to the relevant markets. But for superannuation, it was a pretty brave decision. I mean, we were, we we're heavily regulated and we have to meet what's called a sole purpose test. And we challenge that because you, with the sole purpose, this you have to demonstrate the value of every dollar you spend. Because we're we'll profit for members' fund. So, I'm on the board of HostBus
0: and you come to me, and you've, we've been invested heavily in the Storm for three, four, five years. And I read the front page of the papers to say they've been discredited, they've been cheating, they've been stripped of points, they've been stripped of premierships, reputational
1: issue. I mean, how did you handle that? Well, it's interesting that 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 was a very uh, difficult thing. So, with every sponsorship, even before that happened, um, Host Plus, you know, being the great risk managers that they are, I mean, they manage sixty billion dollars for over one point two million Australians. So, they're pretty good risk managers. We right. we, we really look at risk at, with every partnership, and and one of those is player misconduct, of course. You know, if, you know players. Yeah, you know, there's a risk that they'll fess up. How do you how do you control but this? This
0: wasn't just a guy going out for a few drinks after yeah, yeah, Saturday no, no. night. Though. And this is the point. We this we is all, you, you can always
1: we can always you can always manage risk for um, play misconduct, but we never imagined we'd have to do it for management misconduct. And under those circumstances, and unfortunately, there was no other choice but for Host Plus at that time to withdraw their sponsorship. The business, the business brand, is built on trust. It's a fiduciary. So you know, um, at that time. Uh, Host Plus, I think made the. Right, I wasn't there at the time, but I, they, they made the right decision to pull out because I, you know, I think the basis for that decision would have been one where you know trust is everything when it comes to investing money for their members. And, and yet, when I looked
0: on the Storm website today, they're there. They're there. They're well, back. let me talk about. Why'd you Why'd you go back if that trust was broken?
1: Well, one thing I will say, I think it's got more to do with the character probably of the Host Plus brand in that it's a. You know, it's a long-term investor. It, you know, If you look at its investment approach, it invests for 30, 40 years' time. And that's the way it approaches its relationships with all major suppliers, not just sponsors. Because relationships, you know, they feel are important in, in business. And I recall at the time, you know, it was a, diffi- a very difficult decision to make, but I think they made the right decision. But at the same time, they, I don't think they fully walked away from the club itself because they knew... That you know, it, it could be resurrected, and and one of the things I recall at the time, the club being very uh, when you run a, a you know being Fund, your governance has to be pretty right? yeah, 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 So we thought, well, we think we've got some capability when it comes to governance. So some conversations were probably, you know were had, you know. With Melbourne Storm saying, "Look, if you need help in revisiting your governance for moving forward, let's do that." And once I think the, you know the fund felt comfortable because a lot of things changed, the governance changed, you know, new management came in, new leadership. Once they got comfort and they felt that you know the risks were reduced and they could manage it better, they went back in. It's still a bold move, though. I mean, you look at Qantas walked away from
0: Rugby Union. You know, over comments by a player, and uh, we've got. I can recall my days where TAC walked away from Essendon Football Club and then Richmond Football Club over drink driving incidents and speed incidents, both of which are major sponsors. And yet here we are. You've, you've it's one of the one of the biggest scandals in rugby league okay. history in Australia. So you've not necessarily walked away, but back stepped a bit, gone back into the shadows, and then come forward again. And it's been a remarkable success. Most, as I said, they're still listed. As, as, a, as a premium yeah, well, partner?
1: I think it all, goes, it all goes to, you know... It's a great credit to yeah, you, by yeah, the well, way. Well, it's, it's not really... I, I don't want to take credit for it. I, I think it's just good business. Like, I think, you know, it's about your risk appetite, right? And in, in any decision, not just sponsorships, but any business decision, any supplier you select, you've got to look at the risk appetite. And, and good boards and good, stru- good governance structures will look at what's our risk appetite to take this on. So, obviously, when the event happened... Yeah. Yeah, the tolerance was broken for host buyers they'd probably pulled out but when you know they saw them prior to that the value was in, amazing so you know it's um, the
0: one I associate with as I said but it's funny because you look at it I actually looked up who else they sponsor at the moment and, I know, and when they said the Gold Coast Suns you go oh, yeah that okay, makes not make sense I, mean, I, I think I have seen on the jumpers mm. um, but Penrith Panthers Brisbane Broncos I had no idea mm. and GWS I had no idea
1: yeah well I don't, I don't know if they still do GWS I
0: was listed yeah. as that. That's what i was saying. So it's a, some seem invisible, but that reason for it just seems synonymous with Melbourne Storm, and and yeah. obviously did the job. How, how did you measure? How do you measure that success? Then I mean, you and I have talked about. I've written stuff you've written already about. It's not just about the ROI. It's about so many other things. It's about audience, audience participation, engagement. For you personally, what, what do you look for?
1: Well, I mean, as I said at the start. I, I, I think sponsorship is accountable. It's got enough data um, to be able to measure it. So for me, success. I don't look at when I look at a marketing program or a marketing. I just don't look at the success of that one sponsorship. Right? Uh, I think the best marketing is where you've got an integrated marketing communication platform, and sponsorship is just one part of that toolkit. And you know, so if awareness is, you know, if sponsorship has to play the role for awareness, how well is it doing it? Okay. And that's what you measure. So, overlaying this, you know, for example, uh, like a a storm sponsorship, we'd be running brand brand tracking in the background. We'll be saying, Ah, Melbourne, you know, how big is... The acquisition opportunity amongst the Melbourne Storm followers, um, is it sizable enough? You know, to to, to want it. Then we'll track, um, you know, intention to purchase, likelihood, you know, prefer you know, okay. likelihood to buy. So you get you get to, you
0: get to pick one, quoll versus quant Which one do you pick? So it's still a numbers game. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. And you know, again, every every like you know, we'll run we run TV campaigns and that TV campaign will have a role and it's about probably message recall are we hitting the right drivers because one of the really interesting things that um, Host Plus did and this is what I think makes them a good marketing outfit is that they have a brand model called uh, that they leverage from a company called For Research, and it's called Thoughts and Feelings. And, and basically what this model does, it identifies the drivers of brand preference. And it, and it splits them between rational drivers and emotional drivers. And it picks your top three, right? The three things that are going to make the most difference yep. to a consumer's mindset in terms of, of, of making a decision. And then what, what they do is ensuring that whatever... Marketing execution they do, whether it's through sponsorship, TV, or you know EDM or DM or whatever it may be, direct marketing, they make sure that those those drivers are heightened in their communications, and then they'll track their performance against those drivers versus that of competitors in in their category. And what that, but what this model shows is that it it, it has proven that if you focus on these drivers and you do it better than your competitors, and you do it louder than your competitors, more visibly than your competitors. and you perform better on those metrics, it will translate to market share, and, and the coefficient is 0.077 or something. So it's, it's a pretty strong um, correlation to market share, and, and, and this model has also been applied to airlines. It's been applied okay. to, you know, fast-moving consumer goods. Okay. So it carries across the. Industry. So it carries across. So when it talks to measurement, it's not there's specific operational measures on the sponsorship. Is it performing to the KPIs we set for it, but also broader brand tracking? So. And growth, of course. We talked, I mean it's obviously
0: been a great success for Host Plus and and great success further in your cap. We go back to one of the comments you made earlier was, look we really didn't have the money for free to air, okay? So we went down the sponsorship road, which has been successful. So right now I say to you, listen regardless of the cost, you can go on uh, Ninja, which which I imagine is Blokey or Big Bash which is Blokey or you can stay with sponsorship. What what do you do?
1: Well, again... I'm a big fan of integrated marketing communications. So, you know, ideally if you can do um, you know, if I think about, you know, if you've got seasonal opportunities, you might you know, what sponsorship did for Hot like Block, for House Blast. If I just take it gave them exposure through most months of the year. And going back to this point about you could never predict a job change, it kept us visible, maybe not at the heights of, you know, you know, High-level sort of top levels, but it kept you visible. It got you out of the financial services. You're on the back page of the Herald Sun or the Age or Sydney Morning Herald. Um, so it gave you a lot of visibility for a longer period of time. If you had to pay for that, you couldn't afford it. It was cost prohibitive.
0: So you may have gone into sponsorship partially for financial reasons, but you stayed for many other reasons besides financial.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so brand performance. Uh, you know, it, it was, we saw awareness, uh, and, and particularly now. Sponsorships offer a lot more than just awareness. I mean, A, if, you know, you look at some of the capability sponsors have now, they have production, they have content activation, Mm -hmm. they have digital platforms. Some of them have really sizable databases and followings that allow you to tap into, right? So um, I just don't like looking at sponsorships as a single-minded, you know, thing, They can offer a lot more, which is
0: which is unusual for a market. A lot of marketers kind of think there's marketing, and then whatever's left over, will think about sponsorship, or, that's, no, or it's the chairman's no, whim, which is let's no. go and let's do the ballet, it, or let's do. It's
1: like if you're a builder, you're going to have a in your toolkit. You're going to have a saw. You're going to have a wrench. You're going to have a screwdriver. You're going to have I don't know a hammer, and you're going to pull out the appropriate tool for the appropriate job. I think
0: people think sponsorship's the Allen key that's well, in the toolbox, which are <laughs> rarely using.
1: Probably, but but that's look. I mean that that's a simple metaphor because I think marketing's like that. You've got to work out fundamentally what problem are you trying to solve? And you know sponsorship won't solve them all. Let's face it.
0: I'm talking to Umberto Meckie from Mechanism now. Now, I'm, I'm, I understand where the name came from. <laughs> uh, when you left Host Plus, why Mechanism? What does, what does
1: Mechanism do? Well, it was um, at a time... It's, it's a bit of a personal story, to be honest. Um, my wife... Uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer okay. um, and you know that that sort of wakes you up and, and, mm. and focuses you a bit sure. and um, I just felt that certain things in life were a lot more important. I loved Toast and I still do and I love the people there they've been so good to me and, and probably I, I would credit the opportunity to do what I do to them because they gave me some great opportunities and freedom to, to explore things but uh, you know at the time I figured I'm pushing... I was just, you know, just over 50. Um, I was fortunate to win big ranked number 11, CMO, in the CMO top 50. And I thought I'd take that experience and try to balance, you know, my passion for marketing right. and try to balance that with doing the right things, f- you know, for the family and trying to be around and ha- having a bit more flexibility rather than crunching out the corporate hours. But that, that's the reason I did it. But fundamentally, you know, I, I've just taken... My, look, I, I think... In some ways, I'm a little bit unique in that I've had the corporate strategy experience and I've got the marketing experience. And one of the benefits I think my clients see in me is being able to create the alignment between strategy and marketing and demonstrating how marketing can be constructed and assembled to be a real strategic capability more about you they go to mechanism.com that's right
0: which is me double dot com and I'll bet you have to spell that out every single
1: day <laughs> absolutely but um, look I, I think it was a play on the words and the mechanism is a oh bit it's definitely a play on the words I think oh, that up. And, and it's a play like I mean you know if I had to sort of construct the value proposition, the mechanisms or the value or the contributions I make, a little mechanism that I can hopefully, you know, create some alpha for you or, or create some change and some positive change for you and your customers and, and your brand. And I want to leave
0: you with one question. When you've looked at, obviously you looked at store, you did store, and obviously you've looked at things like Gold Coast Suns and Penrith, Panthers. What was the one that
1: got away? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, look. I'll start by saying I have no regrets, right? Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, and I'll I'll put it to you, make the best decisions you can with the information you have available at the time. Now this one wasn't a sports sponsorship. It was a media sponsorship, right? So um, it was in the day when MasterChef entered the Australian market. And the media company sat me down and they said, mate, there's this thing called MasterChef that's coming. It's amazing, it's been proven overseas. And you know, it's, it's aligned to your industry, Fantastic, and there's a lot of interest from other categories around this in fast-moving consumer goods. This is the price, <laughs> and I've gone. Sounds great, but that would mean that 90% of my marketing budget would be on this one big bet. If I was to do it, can 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 we do a deal They go, no, nah, no. Nah, this is it. There's a lot of demand. If you're not interested, we'll walk on. And look, at the time, it would have meant one big bet, 90% of your budget, at the cost of stuff that was working. You know, was I willing to do that? Was I willing to take that risk? It was a big bet. In my investment, my own investment philosophy, right? I don't try to time the market. It's a mugs game. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't have the data. And don't bet the farm. Yeah, and I don't bet the farm. And I didn't have the data. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, was, I was working on a possibility or a probability. If I had a crystal ball in front of me, it might have been a different decision. Even so, 90% of your marketing budget on one big bet is not really, goes yeah. against this point of integrated marketing campaigns. And like Storm did, it went through its issues, some of the George yeah, yeah, Columbaris yeah. issues, and yeah, the other yeah, they had yeah, some, yeah. they look, sack but, but, the host. Yeah. yeah, but it was not so much that, but it was, a, you know, you look at MasterChef today, it's one yeah, of the yeah. you know, best Great TV French. franchises <laughs> known to known to humankind. And, and unfortunately we missed that opportunity. I have no regrets, but I think it was the right decision at the time. I wasn't willing to take the risk, but these things happen.
0: So you, you, let's let's step back a bit and you're, you're currently in that role today still, in a role today. You've got a lot of sponsorships, a lot of activations happening, sports sponsorships, COVID hits, no fans. Yeah,
1: look, uh, you know, uh, well, I'm not, look, I, I'm not in the role at Host Plus today, but from what I've seen, uh, where you, whether you look at the NRL and AFL, if you take those two codes as an example, I think they've done a remarkable job to pivot and still produce a product. Uh, I would have no doubt that, um, you know, and, and look, knowing the clauses that exist in some of these contracts to protect you know rights holders but also to protect the sponsor, I'm sure they would have come to some amicable agreements to work through how what the future could look like. You obviously haven't worked with the AFL before. <laughs> oh, well, no, I have. And, yeah. and, and, and look, and I think, you know, to their credit, in, in terms of getting hubs up and getting games sure. up and look and I think yeah look, they got through a season yeah so and, and, and look and arguably arguably if you think about like oh, I think about you know last year 2000 uh, well what was it 2020 and we were watching footy every night of the week on free to air how good was that and if your brand was on there well, you could almost argue it was an upkick up if that was your objective, right? If brand awareness was your thing and you were on a jersey or whatever it was. Um, you know, for, for some brands, it might have, you know, worked in their favour. And I think TV audiences, from what I read, had, had gone up and they hit record TV audience. So it wasn't all bad. Um, you know, I feel sorry for... If, if you're Qantas, it was bad. Yeah, if you're Qantas, it was bad, yeah. And, and that's right. And sometimes, look, I guess that's right. If you were a brand that was shut down and you're on a jersey and it was... It was Flight centre. All that Qantas, stuff, yeah. You know, the bubble. big... Yeah. Tourism absolutely. brands. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But for, for others, you know, it's a bit of hit and miss. But, you know, like, like again, pandemic, it's all about risk management. And how do you, if you're buying sponsorships, I mean, you know, you talked to me before, is price just a thing? Look, I, I know with the, the sponsors we looked at, we you look at a whole set of risk scenarios and you try to protect yourself. Even the way the payment schedule's set up, do you take money up front? Do you pay money up front or do you wait for services to be delivered? Sure. You know, well, um, I've got
0: clients, as you know, involved in the Grand Prix. Has been a race for two years.
1: Yeah, well, that's a it's tough. It's a tough ask for
0: them. It's tough. Do you still go to Storm Games?
1: Occasionally I do, yeah. Okay. Occasionally. So the passion's really, there's a real passion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. look. I, not like, as passionate as Italy and No, 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 not at all. But uh, Host Plus has, has, you know, I think one of the credits to them is, you know, the this notion of long term. Yeah. Relationships. I mean, you know, you got to think too. It takes it takes a year to build brand salience with some of these partners. It takes a bit of time to get the operator really them going. I mean, one of the, I think you know that you talk about storm, but their longest standing partnership was with Richmond Football Club, and that all started because um, I recall we were trying to buy some outdoor signage. Oh, you under uh, the Punt Road signs, and and Punt Road was good value, and, yeah. and, and um, we, we we um you know. We, we took advantage of that and then that led into you know a minor sponsorship and, and, and you know we were with them from the days of you know the, the great and late Danny Frawley and, and when, when times were tough at the club but we stuck by them long term and, and you reap the rewards you know um, and you ne- look and another thing I'll, I'll leave you with we never did a sponsorship on, on the probability of whether they're going to be a good or bad team you know every bit not going to win a grand final, sure. but you just go, you look at the client, you look at the, the, the asset, you look at the culture, you look at its values, and there's some of the things you assess them on as well.
0: Umberto Meki for mechanism.com. <laughs> uh, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. And can I suggest, as you have a dot com when you go global, that you ring up? Qatar Airways, TikTok, <laughs> Vivo, and MenuLog, <laughs> because you've got to be able to do a better job than they're doing.
1: Oh no! Look, you know, look, it, it's easy from an outsider's point of view to you know have a look at that and criticise those sort of things. And but I'm I'm sure they've got some really good people at those brands, and and they're going through the process. I hope they are. But there is a you know good marketers will do it well, yeah. and you know when you invest in that kind of, kind of particularly at the Euro Global level. I I have no doubt that they're crunching the numbers. My
0: money says Euro 22 will not feature Qatar Airlines.
1: (laughs) Oh, who knows? Well, they've got their World Cup next year. so We'll
0: see. We'll see. Umberto, thank you once again. Thanks,
1: mate.